Hi, this episode touches on pregnancy loss and stillbirth, and for this reason may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Links to support groups can be found in the show notes. Lovies, and welcome back to The Love Bug, a podcast delivering your weekly dose of that little four-letter word, love. But it's the 21st century, and you don't always see the traditional first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. So come along with us as we talk, share, reveal, and discover all that it means to love. We're your hosts, Ashley and Allegra. Hi! And on today's episode, we're revealing more heart-fluttering love letters and wedding vows chatting about the lack of diversity in the quest for love in reality TV in Australia and bringing you the most heartwarming story of love from a source you might not have expected. So catch the love bug with us and we'll get your heart racing. Hi, Allegra. Um, excuse me. Our Google Doc says we have something to bring up and now I'm anxious. <laughs> Look... <laughs> What I want to tell you is that as I've been... Uh, well, oh, no. Quick. I'm, I'm stressed. Hurry. As I've been listening to our very fabulous week eight episode <laughs> called Get a Mop over and over again on Spotify <laughs> and iTunes, which is where all you lovies can right. find us, subscribe, five-star rating. Thank you. <laughs> I noticed that it took oh, no. us almost to the end of... <laughs> The WAP episode to actually reveal what WAP stands for. <laughs> Wet ass pussy. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I was like, are we, were we just did so like. No, I'm sure I said time. it earlier on. We didn't. We did not. Really? Yes. How funny though. Uh, and that's the problem. I feel like we're so shy. No, shy is the wrong word. It is the wrong I word. I feel like it's internalized misogyny, babe. Uh, I feel like we're back there. Like, I don't really want to say the word pussy. <laughs> and it's funny. Fe- we all have them. I, well, half, 51% of us have them. That's true. It's true. But it was just yeah, like, no. I don't know. When you think about it, we, we do call people who annoy us dicks and that sort of stuff. So No, but I feel like this is the thing. It's not like, okay, the C word. Yes. That is turning the Vaj Mahal into a swear word, which is not <laughs> good. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Can we go back? <laughs> I have never heard it called that before. <laughs> the Vaj Mahal. It's a thing. I've it's never heard it, but I'm using it. <laughs> right? The Vaj Mahal. So we use the C word to describe the Vaj Mahal as something bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not about it. Like, I I also really don't like how we use the word pussy to describe something weak. That's it. Like, girlfriend, the pussy, the Vaj Mahal is a strong situation. Well, that's true. Yeah. You birth birth a child out of your peen. Right? So that's my problem. I feel like we don't say pussy because it's like, oh, let's not talk about it. But then, like, you know, we talk about dicks. All the time. Freely. And I feel like we should reclaim the pause. Yeah. We should reclaim it. All right. Good idea. Next time <laughs> that we have a topic about the Vaj Mahal. Look, I used it already. 
We're going <laughs> to use the words up front. I know. We so are, but then also the two of us are like badass bitches, but we're also like real quite conservative and we're going to be like, oh, the, the um, <clears throat> wet ass um, P word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a hundred percent us. Oh goodness. So like, yes. Let's move that. on. Let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Tell me what your big love for the week is. Okay. My love. I have the most gorgeous story for you and I don't know if I can get through it without crying. Okay. My big mm. love is for photographs. Okay, so, you mm-hmm. know, you can go down to Kmart and get them printed out and whatnot. Mm. For my beautiful little Georgia, I print Aww. out a whole bunch of them, like, you know, 100 photos. Are they mostly photos of her because she loves a photo of her? She does love a photo <laughs> of her. I always include that, but I always include also everyone else in the family and different experiences mm-hmm. that she's had mm-hmm. so that she can look back and remember them, like, Nikita and I took her on a camel ride and, you know, not many people do that. So that's a cool experience. And, you know, she stares Mm -hmm. at them and she really likes them. Anyway, I was on FaceTime to mum the other day. And as we know, we've got border closures at the moment and Mm -hmm. I've got holidays coming up and I know that I won't be able to come down to Barry, which just breaks my heart. But mum was like, oh, yeah, Georgia came out and she brought us a photo of you and Andrew. And then she was like tugging at dad who she gave it to like go and get them I want to see them oh my god stop oh and I just <laughs> was like mom why did you tell me that <laughs> I told you and I was just like oh like because Georgia doesn't oh, communicate with words she doesn't speak but a hundred percent told us oh. that she misses us and I miss her very much <laughs> <laughs> and you're crying now, and I'm crying now. Oh, so that's my big love. Oh, really important to have those memories and look back on them. And I love oh, you, Georgie. Man. I love you, Georgie. That's that's so beautiful, but also like that's so fucking rough. Yeah, like Corona sucks. Like, yeah. can we just have a moment again to recognize just how much Corona sucks? Yeah. Wow. Well, that, my love, is. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to process. It is. It was, a, it was a beautiful story, but a heartbreaking story at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But what is your big love this week? Well, I just want to know quickly whether you're moving to Berry now because <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I know you would love that. I know my mum would love that. T-Race is just, oh, yeah. You know why she loves you so much, right? It's yeah, number I one reason. Is- you to come home. <laughs> I'm like, so you moving yet, right? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, I love you guys. So I feel like my big love this week is like just like a combination of a variety of things. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is communication and like learning how to communicate better. Yep. So very important. There's a couple of weird things, right? There was a couple of weird things that happened to me this week and I was feeling quite fragile and whatever else. And then like I just like completely misread a situation with you and me oh yeah and then I text you and I was like Ashley what the fuck are you doing like <laughs> I'm really gutted you broke my heart blah blah and you were like yeah that's not really what happened oh. anyway it sounds really dramatic but it's not that dramatic but I just think the big love is for me but also for you but also for like generally mm. being better at communicating because mm-hmm. I like really struggled with this stupid little thing that happened and I was like, no, I'm going to just like try really hard to explain to Ashley why I'm good. sad about it. It was a good explanation. <laughs> I appreciated it. 
<laughs> but then you came back and you were like, no, this is my side of it. Like, that's not really what happened. And I was like, yeah, I feel better now. Like, yeah. instantly I feel yeah. better. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Like, communicating. Yeah. We're doing good at this. And I so think too, was- though, it came from, you know, because you've been so busy with your oh corporate role. And we mm. haven't actually spoken as much. Mm. So it's mm. like mm. something weird happened and you don't know yeah. what is happening for the other person because we haven't touched base like yeah. every day like we yeah. normally do. So I think yeah. that's probably like the headspace where you firstly came yeah. at. And it's yeah. okay to feel like that and it's okay to, you know, have these random thoughts, but it's even better that you communicated them. So well done, you. Right? Because I'm telling you, like, previous Allegra would have been, like, burn it to the ground. No. I'd have been like, fuck you. It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, really aggressive, like, you've upset me. <laughs> but, like, at these days I feel like I'm a little bit older and wiser and I'm like, um, I would just like to explain to you X, Y, Z. And then you were like, girlfriend, that's not really where I was going from. And I was like, okay, I feel better now. <laughs> so that is the first big love that I have this week. But then the second big love is – just like closing out the chapter of my contract in my corporate gig because yeah, we yeah. Spoke, yeah, yeah. We spoke about it um a few weeks ago. Feels like 50 lifetimes ago. It really does. Oh my god. And I was doing this contract with my old company and then I decided not to renew it because I just felt like it was gonna take up the next like 18 months, two years plus of my life Mm. because it was gonna be such a huge project. Mm. And I was like, no, I want to be in the wedding industry. And even though it's really rough at the moment, Mm. it's not gonna be like this forever. And so I just like made the decision and then told all my colleagues who were all like, it was great for my ego. really crushed about it and they like had this beautiful little farewell for me with the transition team and they bought me like a little bunch of hot pink flowers you know that I would love and so it's just like closing out that chapter I know so many people who listen to the podcast have reached out and said like yeah good on you for going back to the corporate world blah 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 like hope it goes well and now closing that out for all of you who listen, mm-hmm. um, I'm done, thank fuck, and um, I'm happy about it. Good. And it was great. It was a good I'm close glad. and it's done. I'm really happy for you. I'm happy that, A, you went back to it because, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really did give you that um, busyness that you were looking for at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. really glad that you have found where your true passion lies as well Mm -hmm. from going through this experience of going back and then deciding, Mm -hmm. no, actually, I know where I want to be. And I love that. Well done. Thanks, girlfriend. (laughs) I know. I sort of realized that like the safety of financial security when someone else is paying the bills makes it a very tempting thing to go back to. Mm. But when you make a decision about what you want to do because of your passion, yep. then you just got to stick with it. Pandemic or no? That's right. right that's right. <laughs> and you were, I mean, to put it lightly, you were pretty miserable at the end of each day because you were so oh fatigued God. and you were so tired. You were working so over tired. 12 hours every single day. You barely got time off. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're not going to know what to do with yourself. You're going to be like, huh, who am I? I will know what I, I will know what to do with myself. I'll be fucking dedicating myself to the Love Bub podcast and I will be like just 
pumping all of my passions. So it's like my marriage business and yeah. like collaborating with other women in yes. business and like, you know, doing all this amazing stuff yep. and not actually giving a flying fuck about my corporate gig. Yeah. That would be so great. Love it. Love it. I'm so right. happy for you. I'm so, so happy Can't for you. Wait. But tell me. Missy Moo, mm. tell me what you, who you're shouting out this week. Yes. So this week I am shouting out one of my very beautiful best friends, Katrina, my love. I have a little love for you this week. And I a have lot a lot of love, a but a lot little podcast love. love. That's right. Always have a little love for, for her. It's really wonderful. Katrina and I haven't known each other super long time. Like I have known Fran mm-hmm. or Tash, you know. We started off, we actually never worked together, but we worked in the same school together and we just sort Mm. of got talking and we got vibing and, you know, we bounced off each other and that's when, you know, we knew that we needed to be a part of each other's lives. And I just always have the deepest chats with her and I love that she's always there to listen. She's always Mm. there to you know, have a shoulder for me to cry on or talk to or anything (laughs) or anything, anything. No, (laughs) not necessarily this week, but (laughs) just in general, you know, I just came away. We had, we we went and got our nails done, which look fabulous just Mm. by the way. Oh girl, what is that color? I know, right? Actually, do you know what I did? I was like, Oh, huh. I really want it to match the yes. shirt I was wearing. So it's a, it's kind of a, a the peachy it's tone a in our love bug. bug tone. Yes. Yes, love. So love it. So we got our nails done. We went and had dinner. And I just came away from it reflecting like this is such a great friendship. You know, That's we don't so see each other important. very often. We don't talk to each other every day, but we're still there for each other. And I just, I love her. So Love you, Katrina. That is so important. Yeah. Katrina, you're a doll and yeah. we love you. Yes. And the importance of your friendship cannot be understated. Not at all. Yeah. So thanks for being a total babe. Snaps for Katrina. Snaps for Katrina. Okay, so my little love. Yes. Tell me, who are you giving a little love to? Do you know who I'm giving a little love to? Who are you giving a little love to? Every single person. I'm tapping the table. You so are. So that might fuck with the audio, but whatever. Every single person in stage four lockdown in Victoria. Oh, great. Great little love. They are saving us. They really are. They are are protecting all of us. Yeah. And they just don't even realise the gift they are giving to the rest of Australia. Yeah. And they're doing it so tough. It's rough. Like it is not fun. No, that's it. And I, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing it, honestly. And I no, don't know how no. they have got through it. I don't know how they're doing it. And everyone is just doing such an amazing, fantastic job. It's wild. So, like, shout out. I mean, I, there are so many people in, you know, stage four that yep. I know. But yep. shout out to my wedding people because oh, it's yes. particularly tough. Yes. And, like, for my celebrant mates, like, Leah and Ali and Jess, like, those people, mm. like, I just, I cannot begin to express to you the gratitude that I feel for mm. you every time I see the new numbers, like, mm. each day and they're falling. And yep. I just think every time I'm like, that is because those people are staying at home and being driven 
insane by mm-hmm. their children and partners, mm-hmm. it's because of them. Yeah. Well done. Snaps for everyone in Snaps. stage four lockdown doing the right thing. <laughs> we love you and thank you so much for your sacrifice. We really appreciate we it. We love you. We love you. You know the drill, lovies. Let's flutter your hearts with love letters and wedding vows. Living in a digital age of instant connection can make love letters feel like a long-lost, primitive art. I mean, the closest thing to a romantic message you might receive these days is a text at 2am saying, Girl, you up? But once upon a time, before sliding into DMs or ghosting, Love letters were a charming gesture designed to catch the eye of a potential love interest with charming language and a romantic heart. Yeah, I mean, really, Allegra, when was the last time you printed out a cute text from a love interest? (laughs) Ricardo Pilia said that to write a letter is to send a message to the future, to speak of the present to someone who isn't there, knowing nothing about how that person is while we write. Well, here at The Love Bug, we want to share and reveal some love letters that will make your heart flutter. And hey, it might even inspire some of you lovies to write your own. Ashley, tell me, my love, what do you have for me today? This is the most beautiful story of love that I've heard. And you actually sent it to me with the little crying face (laughs) emoji during the week. And I just thought... I am going through every single news article (laughs) since 2015 to find these love letters. Of course you are. (laughs) So Floyd and Violet Hartwig's love story is incredible. They died two hours apart on February 11th in 2015. Floyd, 90, he died first, and then his wife, 89, followed. They first met in elementary school. But it wasn't until they came face to face on the dance floor during World War II that their romantic connection began. And they exchanged over 100 love letters between 1946 and 1948. Two years. And there was over 100 Mm. love letters. Wait, so how many is that? It's like like 58. So it's like one a week, really. At one point, Floyd wrote to Violet, or Vi as he called Mm. her, five times a day. That's really cute and also a little bit stalking. <laughs> but I guess if that's your only way of communication during war, war very Fair. cute. So I have found a couple of excerpts uh-huh. that I'm going to stitch together and yes. flutter your freaking hearts. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. This is from Floyd. Hi, honey. Just a few lines from this lonely blue sailor of yours. Miss you, darling. And so in love with you. Honey, I'll sure be glad when I get out of this. It sure isn't for me, though at one time I thought the Navy was pretty swell. Well, that was before I fell in love with the sweetest girl in the world. I heard our song this evening, and it sure did make me homesick of you. Honey, did you ever get a record of it? I certainly hope so, as I want to listen to it and have you in my arms at the same time. Um, so I don't know if I've told you this, but one of my couples, the the groom is in the Navy. <gasps> So this is like, oh, my God, it sure isn't for me, though at one time I thought the Navy was pretty swell. That's before I fell in love with the sweetest girl in the world. Like, hello. Yes. Oh, it's so (laughs) beautiful. Like it's the Navy and the Army and any work 
where you, you know, you fly in, fly out or work away Mm. is so ridiculously hard. And I couldn't imagine. I mean, Andrew was away a week at a time and he was only now up the coast. And I no, that was- no, 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 no. You are much more controlled than me. I'm like, um, um, he's been at the <laughs> shops for like 45 minutes. Like, um, is he gonna come back? Do do I need to call him? Like, I I'm a psycho. So like I could not deal with a FIFO lover. Right. Couldn't deal. Right. deal. Those weeks when Andrew was away, like set me insane. I was like, oh, Seven o'clock, got nothing to do, better go to bed. Like, this just, all I want to do is spend time with him and he's not even here. I and know, this I know. just reminds me of that beautiful time. And his words are so lovely. The way that he speaks to her is beautiful. I know. But it's just, you know what I love is, and I think that this is why the lovies love these stories mm. and they love the vows from the grooms and whatever else, mm-hmm. is because. Men are not known to express their feelings in a straightforward yeah, way. Yeah, But, like, in these love letters, it's like. They're putting their heart just, and soul into right? writing. Yeah, you're right. You're just so like, right. They just put it on the line. It's like, I love you. There's no fun and games. Like, it's just like, you're the gal for me and this is why I love you. Exactly. And I feel like for us listening or reading, it's like, oh, like, he adores her. She adores him. It's so straightforward. Mm. Yeah, no. I do know. There was some quotes in the articles that I was reading from their daughter, Donna, and she Mm. said that she remembered them kissing each other goodbye every morning and Mm. how her mum used to call him Blondie because he had such blonde hair and blue eyes. And she actually said that they weren't fancy, they were just decent people who were always committed to each other no matter the situation. And And that's the thing, I think. That's what people are ultimately looking for, right? It's like, you know, when some fancy stuff where there's fireworks, like literal fireworks or, you know, presents or like some big showy thing about how much you love each other. It's just Mm. like every day you're good to each other and you're Mm. committed. So that brings us to one of my couples. Yes. And I have, as per request, given you some vows from a girl. Yay! It's a bribe. Love it. And I think that you will really like these Mm -hmm. because... I mean, you'll hear them, but I think you'll understand that they're sort of a little bit left of centre like this couple were. Lovely. Hit me with it. Are you ready? Yeah. You are my best friend and have been ever since we were officially a couple. I love so many things about you, but in particular, your kindness and understanding, your sense of adventure and that you're always sharing it with me, your humour and passion for learning and creating. I promise to be a caring and understanding partner who you can share the ups and downs of life with. I also promise to make you lasagna once a month. (laughs) I'm excited to make a home together, to renovate the new boats that I'm sure will be in our future, and to continue to grow as people together. I can't wait to be able to call you my best friend and my husband. And in the timeless words of Rick and Morty, you and me forever and forever, a hundred years. You and me things. You and me running around and you and me time all day long, forever. I love you with all my heart, always. <laughs> <laughs> They're so great. Right? Yeah. It's so cute. I really like that. I like that they've included something 
which, well, they've included lots of things like the lasagna and, mm. the you know, the Rick and Morty, <laughs> but that's personal to their relationship and it's things yes. that they share together. I love that that's, that's a part of their vows. I lo- And that's the thing. I just love that it's not like it doesn't, you know, wedding vows don't have to be serious. Yeah. Like, it just has to be a commitment to the person you've decided to spend the rest of your life with. Yes. And that person is the person who understands your little joke. Yes. Okay, taking notes. You know. L- vows don't right? have to be serious. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, you clearly have not read the vow writing guide on my website. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. I have not. <laughs> oh, my God, you're like the worst bride ever. What the most um, organized human I've ever met. You are steadfastly ignoring the ceremony planning. It's true. As- it really is. I think. What are you doing? For me, as where as we get closer to it, and as I know that Rona hasn't like completely <laughs> fucked us over, then I'll get more excited. <laughs> so yeah, that's but we're when still I'm planning. Going to get you married, right? I know. I know. Married, I know. So. Mm. I also love offline uh, back to these vows back to these vows Uh, enough about me Um, (laughs) (laughs) enough getting me in trouble yes thanks for pulling me off of that I don't like Um, (laughs) I love what she loves about her Mm. husband to be you know it's not Like we were just saying in Floyd and Violet's letters, it's not the big fancy things. It's the kindness and it's the understanding and sense Mm -hmm. of adventure. They're great, right? Yeah. It's so good. And it's so much about making sure that the way you're communicating, whether Mm. it's a love letter or whether it's your wedding vows or any other way, is truly authentic to your relationship. Yeah, that's it. That's you know? that's the bottom line, isn't it? Because if it's not, mm-hmm. your love will know. What's the point? That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got a shock then. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, gotta stop shouting at my podcast co-host. <laughs> Someone's just veered off the road. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's the bottom line. At the end of the day, you have to be able to communicate to the person you love why you love them and why you are standing Mm -hmm. there with the amazing celebrant, Allegra. It's me. Declaring your love for each other. And if you don't do it authentically, then what's the point? What is the point? What's the point? No, seriously, though, what's the point? Like, you've got (sighs) to... this be real well if you are inspired to write your own love letter and are happy for us to read them out send them through to loveletters at thelovebugpodcast.com that's loveletters at thelovebugpodcast.com and we might even feature it on a future episode For those of us who seek love and lifelong commitment, and for those of us who love romance and drama and wildly extravagant dates, and even those of us who love to cringe at the height of cringy love stories, The Bachelor is the perfect combination of tragedy and smushiness, with just the perfect touch of flat-out weirdos and plenty of drama. I'm not a batchy lover, but I sure did never meet a rose I didn't love. I've always loved The Bachelor. It's reliable, predictable, and damn juicy. 
We generally know what we're in for, right? The wannabe wives, the bad guys, the ones who randomly bring farm animals to the first date. It's lighthearted and it's fun. <laughs> and I won't be judged, damn it. But this season has us here at the Lovebug HQ a little bit irked. As a multicultural nation filled with people from all over the world, we expect that TV shows created on our shores represent the people living in Australia and contributing to life in the lucky country. As one of the biggest shows on Australian television, it's not unreasonable to expect that all of the love seekers represent who we are as an inclusive, diverse nation, right? Allegra, you're not a batchy diehard, so let me catch you up on the whitewashing of reality love in Australia. Tell me, girlfriend. I want to hear it. So we are in the eighth season of The Bachelor. Seriously? Yep. Eight? Eight. And that's not including The Bachelorettes. The fifth set of Bachelorettes has just been announced. So we're in 13 all up. And all bar one have been white, essentially the blonde hair, blue type. Mm-mm love seekers. Tell me, is this a representation that is true of what love is? Well, only white people want to be in love, right? Mm. (laughs) What a fucking joke. Oh, sorry, Ashley's dad. That's another (laughs) shot for you. What a joke. What do you mean? So wait, I'm confused. Have there been eight bachelors Mm -hmm. and now five bachelorettes? Yes. However, the next bachelorette season features sisters. So I'm not too sure how they're going to do it. I mean, it's an interesting take, but it's like this. Just Are they both white chicks? They're both white. They're both blonde hair. They may have brown eyes, but they're pretty white. And so what about the bachelor winners? Yeah. Like, do you know, are they mostly white? Yep. And the bachelor has also been notoriously white in terms of the contestants that go on as well. So, you know, you've got the tokenistic um, Indigenous person or person of colour here and there. Brown person or black person. Exactly, exactly. But they haven't been the winners. And what my biggest... This is what I don't understand. Like, you you cannot tell me that white people are only attracted to white people. Well, this is right. It's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. And it always, to me, seems like the people of colour are only around Mm -hmm. for the sake of having a person of colour. Like, it doesn't seem like the bachelors or bachelorettes are actually interested in them either. It's like the token black person. Yeah, absolutely. Now... And tokenism is so shit and I'm so done with it. Mm. Like, I just genuinely don't believe Mm. that white people are only attracted to white people Mm. and brown people are, you know, like, that's bullshit. Absolutely. And what I want to know, and, like, the other side point that I would say is this is not just The Bachelor. Oh, no. Like, can we review... Farmer wants a wife. Yes. Which, firstly, is an abhorrent concept because farmer wants a wife, like, Mm. is women competing for a man's attention. Mm -hmm. Irritating. Mm. But it was, like, five white farmers and, like, 99% white chicks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My biggest gripe, as well as Lockie. So Lockie, he's, you know, a little bit problematic and there's been lots of, you know, controversy surrounding him. Is he the current one? No, I've heard about him. I feel like he made a tweet or do you you make a tweet? Do you tweet a tweet? I don't know. But about people of colour, like back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, people, mostly Daily Mail, are very good at going (laughs) right back in in the history of it all. But adding to that, he's just not the best person, I don't think. So he was actually on Survivor and he 
he sort of had this really great friendship and maybe relationship with um, Brooke, who was on there as well. Now, she mm. is an absolute boss of a girl. Like, she doesn't need a man. She said mm. that. Lockie didn't define her experience. But when they left, there were definitely, like, some hookups. There were some plans to go travelling. Like, it seemed like to Brooke that there was a, that they were a couple. Mm. And he basically ghosted her oh, to go on The Bachelor. Yeah. Oh, what? To go on The Bachelor. Oh, my God. So we've got that. <gasps> that has to be like the capital G ghost. Yeah. Now, that's Lockie, another white male who is there. Mm. The Bachelorettes, I want to talk about them for a second. So the concept is that there are sisters. And again, we've got women fighting. Well, it's going to be men fighting for the women. But essentially, you know what's going to happen oh no, is that gonna they're going to be fighting. fighting. Exactly. So we'll see how that plays out, whether both of them stay the whole time, whatever, whatever that concept looks like. But I 100% thought Brooke Blurton was going to be the next Bachelorette. Now, Brooke was the girl who walked away from Nick Cummings. So she is. I literally have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. Nick Cummings for me is a rugby player and I love him. He was. Like that's. I No, no, you can't say that. <laughs> he is a. Douchebag. No, no, we don't like him. He is, but he. Do we not? No, he was a bachelor. Was he? Yes, and he didn't choose anyone. Did I just miss all of that? What do you mean? He didn't choose anyone. No, basically, he didn't choose anyone, and it's and it's sort of come out that is it because he's waiting for me, (laughs) Allegra? You're not going to get with the honey badger. (laughs) Why not? Basically, it came out that he was only on there for like a boost in his publicity. No. Yes, and he wasn't actually going to choose anyone anyway. So. Re- really? Mm. So, Brooke. Also, um, okay, sorry. <laughs> Brooke walked away okay. from him. She is this stunningly beautiful, strong, indigenous woman who plays footy and is just happens to be bisexual now she she, sounds like a dream she was on bachelor in paradise she was with she didn't end up with anyone there came back and met this dream of a guy and they hit it off and she thought he was going to be the one they split up and i was like yes She's going to be the Bachelorette. She got told, sources have said that she would have been chosen if she had more followers and if she went on Bachelor in Paradise. (sighs) Now, she did go on Bachelor in Paradise. And the two girls, the two white girls, blonde hair, chosen, have 50,000 less followers than what she does. So it's obviously not a question of followers and rank and who you are in the Australian media land. No, and this is the thing. We are not on this podcast discussing The Bachelor in terms of like what the goss is, what the tea is. I don't watch it. I don't actually fucking know anything about it. The point is why are our like expectations higher of people of colour as it relates to social media following Mm. or anything else to say that they can't be part of it or they can't be the star of the show? That's it. Like Because the simple fact is reality TV is not going anywhere ever and everyone loves a love story. So everyone wants to follow along with Mm -hmm. the love story. But I want to see a bit of diversity in the people who actually get to fall in love. And newsflash, it's not the friggin' token person of colour in one of these reality TV shows that ends up with the star of the whole thing. That's it. That's it. I mean, where in real life do you see these situations? I mean, you don't. That's why they make the TV. But Mm. if they want it to be relatable to Mm. people within our own country, they need to step up their act. Mm -hmm. 
and they need to bring what we want to see. And I'm over it. I'm not watching this season of The Bachelor. I won't be watching mm. The Bachelorette. I tell you what I would watch is if mm-hmm. is if a a person of color was the bachelor or bachelorette. Mm-hmm. If somebody who had a disability was the bachelor or bachelorette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say it go. Yep. If the person who is the bachelor or bachelorette had a choice of more than just 1% of a person of color. Like I want to mm-hmm. see But also like since when for instance one white guy gets to choose from 20 white girls and one person w- one woman of color. Mm. Like why can't we have a bisexual exactly. bachelor? Exactly. Or a bisexual bachelorette with a diversity of people because the vast majority of humans Fall in love with other humans. That's right. They don't fall in love with their friggin' colour of the skin or the gender they identify That's with. That's it. It's like... That's it. Like, give me something real. That's all right. I'm asking for. And I think this is why this harkens back to our wonderful episode that we spoke about Love on the Spectrum. Like, so much mm-hmm. more of a wholesome show. But it was mm-hmm. real. It was real. It was. 100%. And we loved it. Would watch Bachelor because if Michael was The Bachelor. Like, can we set that up? But the, the great thing about... Right. Can someone call Michael? But the great thing about it is Michael would be like I have looked into their souls and I don't believe and you know like yes. it's actually real but the thing like, is that's the problem the producers would have to put girls on that are real or or guys girls, girls or guys. guys yeah exactly yeah. um and not just people who are in it for like the 15 minutes of fame who are there to stir drama who are there to get their insta followers and that's the thing, like, we all know now, my girlfriend Liz, mm. who we spoke about what, during our interview with Heidi about Farmer Wants a Wife, and at that time we, we had, had to, to cut, cut out the point where I... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had to cut out the part where I told you that she had been dicked around mm. by the farmer. Mm. But she is a beautiful person. Yeah. And all she was looking for was genuine connection. Yeah. And the women that she met on that show were also looking for genuine connection, yeah. and some of them founded and that's fantastic Mm -hmm. but the big thing was that what they mostly found was like bullshit online yeah and people who were really nasty and that's the whole thing like people on reality tv shows are only in it for their publicity yeah and when people who are real come along they don't know Mm. how to act I mean you know Mm. even someone like Angie Kent she's got a lot of backlash too but she was on that we love her we love Angie but she was massive girl crush on that show to genuinely find Mm. love and she got a bunch of idiots yeah you know and the other thing is uh, what I don't like is that they find the most beautiful people because it's like oh only beautiful people are entertaining tv yeah and I think dumbs down the majority of the people watching the show. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, like, I don't date people based on what they look like. No. I'm interested in their heart and their soul mm-hmm. and how funny they are mm-hmm. and how interesting they are. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit most of the time and, you know, what they look like. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's an attraction yes. perspective, but, like, why are they only beautiful, dumb people yeah. on reality TV shows? Yeah. And it's not like that you can't have a spark or an attraction with somebody who is not a beautiful person either. Right? Yeah. I just I just That's think bullshit. that I'm sick of the white beautiful people. Get them the fuck off our TVs. I know. I know. I'm just putting it out there. Say it, sister. Just dropping the mic. Yeah. 
I was gonna say, I'm just, I'm over it. I want to see something It's boring. Real. It's yeah. boring. It's boring. Yeah. Enough. We're done. TV producers, listen up. Do better. Be better. So, my love, we all know that life for our Melbourne mates has been pretty rough for the last few weeks. I was on Instagram on International Dog Day the other day. Side note, happy International Dog Day to Charlie and Texas. Charlie and Texas. And I came across the most extraordinary real-life example of why pups are the best thing that ever happened to humankind. Yeah, and once we managed to control our blubbering selves, <laughs> we thought we'd ask Ali to tell her life-saving story to all you lovies. Get ready, guys. Yeah, and grab some tissues. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ali, and the lovely Allegra and Ash have asked me to share a little story with you today. It's quite an amazing story, I think. I could be a little biased. It does involve my dog and my child. So two very important things to me, but nonetheless, it's still a pretty special story. I have an 18 month old son, Hudson, and I have a two and a half year old Cocker Spaniel, Molly. Seems weird introducing them together, but they are both very special to us and they both share an incredibly rare and special bond. We think that started well before Hudson was even born, which sort of leads me into the beginning of this story. Seems weird to say I'll have to take you back to when I was pregnant with Hudson to where this story starts. And it was my first pregnancy. It was my, it's my first kid. So I, I didn't really know what I was expecting, but ultimately my, my pregnancy was very, very normal. I was very lucky. Everything was going along perfectly fine. I felt a bit sick at the start, but otherwise, otherwise all was considered normal, I suppose. And, and it went on that way for a very long time. And, and throughout my pregnancy, Molly, who still very much sleeps on our bed, on our pillow, in fact, and is still very much an important part of our life, was there. She, you know, she'd fall asleep on my tummy all the time. She, yeah, she was, she was my little best buddy when I wasn't feeling well. And yeah, she was very special to me and still is. And I guess, you know, you start to realize that she was actually much more in tune with me than I, than I even knew myself. So when I was about 37 weeks pregnant, just shy of, Molly had started to act a little bit strange. So she was walking around the house, like vomiting and, and drooling and gagging, and she would be hiding under the table. She was following me around. She was sniffing at my belly and licking at my belly and, and I didn't really think too much of that in, in relation to me being pregnant or, or anything to do with Hudson at all because um, she always had been, you know, she always had been my little shadow and always was quite connected to me and would often sleep on my stomach. So I wasn't really thinking, you know, the, too much into it at that point but I was more so just worried about her at that, that stage and I'd had her at the emergency vets at first off because she suffers from anaphylaxis, so she's allergic to bees and other in- insects. So we are always very cautious about her behavioural changes and if, you know, she's drooling or vomiting or, or behaving strangely, we take her straight away. But she hadn't been like that for, for a long time since, since she'd first been bitten by a bee. So I'm thinking, shit, this has happened again. Um, so, yeah, I took her to the emergency vet we were obviously very panicked and, and of course they were they were worried at first too, knowing she'd nearly died before and they could find absolutely nothing wrong with her. So nothing to the point where nothing's showing up in blood tests, nothing's showing up in anything. So 
She came home and they said, just take her to your regular vets tomorrow. And I did that. So the next day I took her to our regular vets and they were somewhat perplexed. And our, our vets are amazing and, and have known Molly since she was a puppy. And they really couldn't put their finger on, on what was going on. She was clearly unwell and clearly her ears were down. She would not leave my side, even at the vets where she was usually quite happy for someone else to hold her. And she would not leave my side. She And they, they could see that her she was behaving quite strangely and but they said look there's nothing physiologically that we can put this down to so I thought oh what do I do I'll just take her home and I took her home and still the same thing still ears down and and she was on my tummy she was sniffing my tummy and and I started to think god there's just such weird behavior for her I know her so well but again I was more just worried about her and I just thought oh I'll, I'll keep an eye on her and Anyway, that night, was that night or the next night, I was, I was in a shower and by that point of 37 weeks, I was quite heavily pregnant and I thought, oh God, my stomach just looks a bit weird. And having never been pregnant before, I didn't really think too much of it. I just, I thought, I don't know, maybe, maybe things just turn weird as time goes on. But look, the only thing I can describe is I did think maybe I was suffering from ab separation or or something like that where, you know, my muscles had moved and, and so things just looked strange. But ultimately it, it just looked like, looked like you could see the, the entire shape of my baby in my stomach. So it just looked as though, you know, I don't know, you could see, you could see everything. And I thought maybe it just doesn't have that much room in there. Maybe it's just that I've, I've had a big growth spurt. <laughs> again, I'm not a doctor, nor aware of what pregnancy was like at that point in time. So I, again, I didn't think too much of it. I just thought, oh, I'll just keep an eye. I'll see if I start to feel anything different or, but wasn't too worried. But in the morning, I said to my partner, oh God, our baby hasn't hiccuped for a, for a little while. And I remember that was one of the things that I always felt. Hudson in my tummy was always hiccuping at least three to four times a day. So part of me, again, this inkling was sort of like, oh, you know, but he's still moving in there. So I wasn't too worried. They often say just if movements change. I should preface this too, that this story does have, an, have, an, have a very happy ending. So I hope that this, you know, at this point, it hasn't been upsetting for anybody. Um, but I was going to the hospital the next day anyway, because I had a lactation appointment. And so I just happened to be at the hospital. I was at this appointment with, there was other women there. And, and I just thought, oh shit, you're already here. So maybe, maybe just go and get checked. Maybe, you know, and, and I don't know if any other women have felt this, but sometimes you do think, oh God, but then I don't want to go in there. And they say, there's absolutely nothing wrong. And you've completely wasted their time, which of course is a ridiculous thing to think because no matter what, if you're feeling a bit funny, you should, you should go in. And I was, I was feeling, I was sitting in this appointment and they were talking about breastfeeding and they were talking about other things. And all I could think was, I just feel strange. Something just feels wrong and something feels off. And then it hit me and I thought, shit, maybe Molly, maybe Molly's trying to tell me something. Maybe something's wrong. And so I walked out of that appointment and I walked, it was next door to the hospital in the community clinic there. And I walked in and I walked up to the fetal monitoring unit and I said, look, I'm probably overreacting. I'm not really sure, but look, can I, I just feel a bit weird. And my dog's acting funny and you might think I'm crazy. <laughs> But my dog is following me around. She's sniffing my tummy. She's licking my tummy. My tummy looks weird to me. And I just feel like something isn't right. And they said to me, and credit to them, they of course were like, look, if anything doesn't feel quite right, you always come in and that's totally fine. And the midwife did say dogs are very intuitive. So you should definitely listen. If, if you've got other signs as well, then that's certainly something you should listen to. So I still at that point wasn't that worried because they never worry you, obviously, unless they need to. But as the midwife started to feel around in my, on my tummy, I knew something was wrong. 
Uh, you, you know, you know, you've been to appointments before, you know, when something is wrong. I won't go too much into, you know, the things that happened from, from then, because they're all, you know, the words that get thrown around are very scary and it can be very intimidating. At 37 weeks, you're thinking, oh God, he's, the baby's not ready to come out yet. But ultimately they said to me, I can't feel any fluid around your baby. Not, and, and look, this can happen to women. And, and again, I'm no doctor, but from what I understand from my own experience, it's very normal for amniotic fluid to fluctuate. But in my case, it was almost impossible to feel any fluid around the baby, which isn't good. Um, obviously, the baby needs amniotic fluid. And again, without going down the technical route, that will be terribly boring. Amniotic fluid can be an indication that, that the placenta has stopped functioning in order for the baby to produce fluid um, from its kidneys that then makes the amniotic fluid. So if that's not happening, it's possible there's something wrong with the organs. So of course they sent me for a scan and then, yeah, from there, shit just got a bit real and a bit scary and they couldn't find any. They could find less than a centimetre of fluid, a pocket of fluid around my baby. And so, yeah, they said to me that that baby's got to come out. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not ready. I'd literally just got my car serviced and I'd been on maternity leave for like two days. So... I was really looking forward to some more Netflix time. But no, um, they said that baby, your baby's got to come out. And I said, of course, you know, I was like, absolutely, whatever I need to do, whatever you need me to do, I will do. And they said, well, we're inducing you in a couple of days. And I said, okay, well, you know, I get to go home and have a think about it. And they said, but come back tomorrow and we'll just double check. And I did. And when I came back and got scanned the next day, things had got worse and they said, right, you're going in tonight to be induced. Uh, there is even less fluid around the baby. The heart rate isn't res isn't responding as well as we'd like, isn't behaving in the way that we want it to. So then that's when they broke the news to me that had I have come in in a couple of days, that my story would have ended very, very differently. So fast forward uh, 38 hours later after being induced, <laughs> Very long labor, but I was able to birth Hudson naturally, which is, which was incredible after much mental and physical turmoil. Uh, but at the end of the day, when he arrived in my arms, it was the most incredible moment of my life. And he was perfectly healthy, a little bit small, but otherwise crying and happy and great and perfect, perfectly healthy. So the midwife said to me, you go home and you hug that dog. <laughs> And you let her continue to sleep on your bed and you thank her and your own instincts for helping to save Hudson's life. So yeah, pretty special, pretty incredible story. I did go back to my vets a couple of weeks later and tell them what had happened. And it wasn't until then that it really hit me just how amazing that was. It's probably because I was still, I was starting to emerge from the, the newborn craziness of coming home and trying to figure out how to parent. And I thought, holy shit, that's so true. They, they said to me, we could not find anything wrong with her. And we were sitting at home. We were, you know, going over with each other, trying to, trying to figure out what was wrong with Molly and why she was behaving that way. And, and they said, that's amazing. And that I, we can't believe it. That makes perfect sense. And they now bring and check on Molly all the time. They love her. They've shared their story with their colleagues. The vet's spoken about it at conferences and other places. And look, it really just shows that to trust your instincts and to trust your dog's instincts. And yeah, I was very, very, very lucky to have that happy ending. And I thank my special little Cocker Spaniel for that. So I hope you enjoyed and I hope that you found that as amazing as I still find it today. 
Oh my God. I am just in awe of this little puppy. No, I mean, oh, shook it. Yes. Shook yes. it. I can't deal. Like, this kind of stuff freaks me out, <laughs> but in the kind of way where you're like, I need to have a dog. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, I think it's true, though, that the love that you have for pets can mm. be as deep as the love you have for mm-hmm. a human. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I mean, you know, I've got I've got my little my little Charlie and Frankie and they're my oh, little Charlie Bear. Oh, Charlie baby. Um and they're my little fur babies and I love them to death and when they're sad, I'm sad and I want to make them feel better. And they're just they're a part of me and I love them. So I completely agree, mm. but I have to tell you my own weird story. Yes. So when I was like reflecting on Ali's story, I was like, fuck, that's so hectic and so amazing. And like everyone needs a dog. But then I was thinking about it and probably now yeah. four years ago, I went to bed and I was living at that time at home with my parents and it was my mom and stepdad were at home and India was there because she didn't live um, in London Mm -hmm. at that time and James was downstairs. So there were five of us in this really Mm -hmm. big house. I went to bed. I was wearing only a T-shirt and I took Billy, my Burmese cat, to sleep with me. And then at about two in the morning, she popped her head right back up and then she jumped out of bed. And oh she my God. trotted out and she came back in and she did it probably two or three times. And I was like, oh, my what? God, she's being it's such happening. a weirdo. What? The next morning I, I woke up to the sound of my stepdad being cranky. He was like, well, the front door's open. This is ridiculous. Oh my all God. the heat's flowing out of the house. This is a joke. And all of a sudden I just had this feeling and I called out, I screamed out to him. I was like, is my handbag on the kitchen table? And he called Shut out up. and I was like, no. Shut up. It's not here. And I was like, oh, my God, we have been robbed. So mum gets out of bed. She runs downstairs to her study and she's like looking through everything. Her camera kit, this very (gasps) expensive, beautiful camera kit's gone. Oh, my gosh. Um, The cash in the drawer that she had been keeping to like pay a a contractor was gone. So then uh, we were all freaking out. And so I went outside and in the garden bed on the outside of our fence Mm. where the footpath is was a bag of our stuff that could be traced. So it was mum's computer hadn't been stolen because you can track that. Yeah. And my my credit cards were still there. But yep. my expensive handbag was gone. Mum's yep. beautiful camera kit was gone. The cash yep. was gone. Everything's gone. Like they knew what they were taking. Right. But also Billy knew that there was someone in the house. <gasps> oh, my God. So we called the police. Everyone's freaking out. I did not go to work, obviously. No. The, guy, the guys who came were in those, like, police onesies. You know. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And then yep. the police went back. And he was uh-huh. so handsome. The guy who's, like, dusting for fingerprints. And I was yeah. so distracted. I was like, I'm high. <laughs> Classic Allegra. Right? But he dusted around the thing and he was like, what's happened is they were wearing gardening gloves and they've obviously picked the lock and pushed their way in. Oh, my God. Anyway, this is a very long story to tell you that animals know exactly what's happening at all times and we should listen to them. That's so spooky. And Billy didn't, didn't like, go downstairs, though. No, but she woke she up won- and she could yeah. hear it and she ran out of the room and then came, and came back, back in back and in. jumped up on the bed and then like, ran out again and then jumped yeah. back in the, like a few times. Yeah. And I was like, she's being annoying. It's like she was, she was telling you, like, stay there. Right? I'm going to check. Stay there. I'm going to check. Or oh like, um, what the fuck's going on? There's something going on, blah, blah. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Holy so, yeah. shit. I feel like Ali's story tells us 
and this might like one experience and I know that there will be so many others Mm -hmm. but animals really know what's going on yeah and I think their deep love and their connection right the humans that have nurtured them Mm -hmm. makes them want to protect us and I think that's beautiful and I just I love animals Right? And it's love of a different kind. And it is. I think that's a great point, actually. And the yeah. great point is that our animals love us in ways we don't fully so understand. So true. So true. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you loved what you heard, come and chat with us in our Facebook group, The Love Bug Podcast, or on our Instagram, at The Love Bug Podcast. We'd love to see who's listening. So take a screenshot of this app and tag us in your Insta stories using the hashtag lovebuglovies. Also, why not tell a friend? Let's get the love bug word out there. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening now and send us some love in the form of a five-star rating. We'll be back in your ears and your hearts once again next week. Talk to you then, lovies. Mwah!